Welcome to the Average Joe Theology Show, the show where a couple random guys get together in their <laughs> church basement. Um, I'm Levi Sanders. I'm Hunter Harrison. And this is another episode of our Doctrines of Grace series. So, dun, dun, dun. Um, welcome back. Today we're going to be jumping into the hot and spicy. Mm. The, hot, the hot and spicy. Hot. Jumping so, um, out the grease. <laughs> hope you guys are excited. Hope you guys are, are ready for a good discussion. Um, eager to possibly learn and expand your... Um, understanding of this doctrine or um, hop down in the comments and, <laughs> and, and disagree with the doctrine. Either way, you know, we want to have a discussion. That's the point. Um, but today we're mostly going to dive into scripture, see what it says, um, and and go from there. So what have you been up to, Hunter? A lot of work, man. I'm tired, bro. You've been working a I've lot. Been working, I've been working the, the opening shift at my job, which is six to three, which is awesome because I get off at three o'clock in the afternoon and then I yeah. have I have a lot of daylight left. But I have to get up at like four thirty in the morning, start getting ready to go to work and it just day after day after day it starts to wear on you. Oh yeah. And man, there's just not enough hours in the day. I always have Never. stuff I've got to do when I get home. I got, you know, these chores that I gotta do. I got this errand I gotta run. And then by the time I look up it's like it's ten thirty, and I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, <laughs> just like the, the past, vicious cycle. Just the continues. past two weeks, I haven't gone to bed before like midnight, and I wake <laughs> up at four thirty, and I'm like, it's brutal. I'm like, okay, tonight so I've got to do tired, better, bro. But I don't do better and, every time. And like, I'm starting to get to that point where, obviously, I'm I'm starting to get into an adulthood where. I almost need coffee in order to function. Oh, yeah. Because growing up, like, I would drink coffee because I enjoyed drinking coffee, but now yeah. it's almost a necessity because it's like... Oh, yeah. If I don't if I don't get caffeine in my body, I'm going to be useless yeah. for the rest of the day. Yeah. So I'm well, like, I'm to I that point. This. Um, I'm to that point, thanks to Red Bulls and the military, <laughs> that if I don't have coffee... Not only can I not function, but I'll probably have a blazing headache. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, true. That is so true. It's a bad byproduct I of haven't, caffeine dependence. I'm not I'm not big on the energy drinks. That's like it I don't overloads. drink anymore really. It I, overloads I just drink me. Coffee. I work I work with a lady that she drinks I would say on average three to four monsters oh, gosh. a day. A day, bro. But she yeah. like she like works two jobs and yeah, no. She's like, yeah, I got off work last night at uh at like eleven thirty, and then uh you know went home. And then I got up this morning and I went to the gym. And keep in mind, she works the same shift I do, so yeah. she's in at six, and I'm like, so you slept for probably a grand total of about what <laughs> two hours? I'm like, you're oh, crazy. Goodness. She does that all the time. I knew a guy that would <sighs> just never sleep and I just can't. pound monsters all the time. Ugh, that is so unhealthy. So well, he changed smoked cigarettes. Too. <laughs> She does too. <laughs> they They're might be related. They might be related, honestly. That's funny. Because that's, that's literally what she does. But Love no, her to um, death. She's awesome. But Yeah, now I just drink. Can't you know, do I it. went from drinking like one energy drink a day when I was in the military mm -hmm. to like a whole pot of coffee every day. So now I only drink coffee, but I drink like way more. 
<laughs> Coffee's not as bad. Like if I drink, if I usually if I drink energy drinks, like I can feel my heart yeah. beating inside of my chest. But coffee, coffee doesn't do that as much. Yeah. I can definitely tell that I've drank it. I usually I get way more chatty. Do you like make your own, or you you go like to Dunkin' or Starbucks? Well, they or? have at work. They have a Keurig, ah. and they have like a big cabinet that's full of. Uh, all kinds of different coffees. They had one like a week or two ago. It was caramel something. I can't remember what it was, but oh boy, it was good. <laughs> but the Keurigs rock just because you pop that bad They're boy so in there, easy. click, hit the button, boom, cup of coffee. Oh yeah, make easy all mode. that. Make all that. It takes litter like in that horrible non-recyclable minutes. plastic that you just throw in the landfill. Good job, honey. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier than getting the pot out. Putting the yeah. coffee filter in, getting the grounds. And then you have to clean that up later. Yeah, convenience. Who cares right. about Earth? Just, it'll be <laughs> all right, man. It'll be fine. Yeah. I'm sure they're recyclable. <laughs> I really don't know. I don't either. I know in Sevier County, I think that they sort trash, I think. So, like, really? if there's anything in your trash that's recyclable. Well, they're testing everybody's urine for coronavirus. Since when? You didn't see that? No. <laughs> I think it's like, I don't. I don't know where it's at, but I, I read some article there like trying to uh, take people's like feces samples from the sewage and like test for coronavirus. What They're the like heck? the cases are way up. I'm like, how can you tell who which individual this is? That's I feel like you probably can't at that point because oh, no. it's it all goes so, together. So right. it just all has a coronavirus. Right. And so then no, I'm sure there's some chemicals and stuff oh, in yeah. the sewer systems that uh and the it's yeah, bad. that's weird. That just bro. sounds like a bad plan. <laughs> it sounds awful. How do you go about retrieving that? Like to get I don't those, even <laughs> want to know. those samples, that poor guy. Yeah, I bet he doesn't get paid enough oh, to do dude. something like that. There's not enough money in the Shoo. world. Mm. I don't know where I don't know where the demand for that is. Like, why? Who said? Who said that would be a good idea to go get feces out of a sewage system and test it for corona? Man, they gotta the, get them the numbers up. Si- yeah, the testing center's gotta stay busy. Got- <laughs> Let's go, man. We gotta test up. something. Somebody's gotta make money somewhere. We so. test them on the front side. Let's test them on the back side. <laughs> Just see if they add it's up. It's probably the same person. They're like the numbers went up. <laughs> yeah, they but they, they counted tested it them too. twice. Yeah. Golly, you never know, folks. Yeah, it's a wild time. <laughs> it is a wild time. Wild time. But I'm ready to not but wear a mask. Today we are here. We are here. Sitting. It's about to get even wilder in the Cedar Grove Baptist Church basement. The AC is not on. It's we not. are sweating. <laughs> it's usually not on when we do this. I don't think it's ever been on. Honestly, it's probably usually off when we're. Well, yeah, but I think maybe it's once or to, twice. To cool this room, you have to cool the whole sanctuary. Yeah. So yeah, it, would, I think it would that take one forever. Controls down waste here. Waste a lot of money. We can just sit here and sweat. Yeah, we'll be fine. We're tough, but it is usually pretty is hot pretty down hot. here. So we're really <laughs> working hard here, folks. Hardly working. Hardly working. Okay, well, you ready to dive into it? Let's do it, so bro. Last, so, so we're doing a series on the doctrines of grace. If you're not familiar with what the doctrines of grace are, um, it's kind of the, the main doctrines that came out of the Reformation, mm-hmm. specifically out of the um, Dutch strand of the Reformation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and today it's mostly... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's mostly called Calvinism. Calvinism. Okay, so... He just swore... On this podcast, I'm that sorry. is a swear word. I'm sorry. It's a okay, slur. listen. Do not turn us off because we just said this. Okay, <laughs> listen. T- 
today we're going to be talking about probably the most controversial mm-hmm. doctrine in the doctrines of grace. Okay? This one and the next one. But this this one unconditional this one election is today. So last week we talked about you know we talked about the acronym TULIP. TULIP. Um last week we talked about T which is total depravity. Total. Uh, man is fallen. The fall is so pervasive that it corrupted everything in creation. It corrupted man and and incapacitated him in such a way that he is mm-hmm. dead and his trespasses and sins and can do nothing about it right. unless God does it. So today we're talking about unconditional election, how God does it, how he goes about it. And I know this is a this is a doctrine that a lot of people disagree on. Mm-hmm. And and that's fine, but we need to have healthy discussion. Depending on yeah. no matter what side you're on on this conversation, we need to have healthy discussion. I think a lot of people don't. And I You're think right. that's that's why this is one of the most controversial and one of the most misunderstood doctrines mm-hmm. in all of Christendom. Because yeah. we we can't have these healthy conversations. And today, what we're going to do is, is try to present the side of the doctrines of grace. And we're going to talk about common um, disagreements, common mm-hmm. questions that... and, and um, Basically, objections that come out of this doctrine. We're going to right. talk about them today. And we're going to read specifically from Scripture and t- try to discern what it says. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's the goal of this podcast. That's the goal of, of I think, the Christian life in general. We should yes. come to a healthy conversation, dive into Scripture, see what it says. See what it says. That's the goal of today. We got to know. Um, it, and, and if you have a different... If, if you, from the same Scripture we read today, if you think it says something different... We want to have the conversation with you. I know it's kind of right. hard because this is like an internet medium, but yeah, we can um, do the our contact best. page on AverageJoeTheology.com or hit us on the Twitter at AverageJoeTheo or at, what what is it, Hunter Harrison or Hunter the Gatherer something or something like, like that. that. I can't or at remember. the Levi Sanders. Just hit us up, message us. I mean, we want to have a conversation with you. We the both comments, follow the Average Joe Twitter. So. The comments on YouTube. Whichever way, if you disagree with this and and the scripture that Mm -hmm. we present, um, let's have a conversation. But please let it be a healthy conversation. Yeah, we're not. We don't need to. to, Yeah, we don't need to argue. No matter which side of this you're on. Um, But I do think it's important. You know, a lot of people say, Mm -hmm. "Well, that that's really not important." But I think it is. I I think specifically these doctrines of grace are talking about how God saves people, Mm -hmm. how salvation works. To me, salvation. Is one of the most primary concerns, mm, if not the most primary one. concern of the it's gospel. A pretty big one. So it's the reason we now people share say, the "Well, gospel. this is an issue that we just need to have unity on. We don't need to really care about. We just need to worry about the gospel." I'm mm-hmm. like, "This is the gospel. This is part of yeah. the gospel. This is a this is how it works." So, so we're gonna try to have a healthy conversation today, um, and dun, dun, the dun. primary text for this conversation is gonna be Romans. Chapter nine, Romans chapter nine, Romans chapter eight and Romans chapter nine. So really Romans chapter one through eight Mm -hmm. kind of build up and and describe man's sinfulness. Yes. The state of the world where everything's at. Okay. The gospel Mm -hmm. And, and really nine, the chapter Romans chapter nine and the end of Romans chapter eight is really what ties it all together and makes it make sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, 
that's that's where we're at today, Romans chapter 9. So if you have your Bibles, um, open them up with us. That's where we're going to spend most of our time today, if not all of it. And I think Paul here makes the perfect case for the, the doctrine of unconditional election and actually raises the two most popular objections mm-hmm. and answers. And answers them. So um, that's where we're going to be today. But first of all, I just wanted to to sum up in the simplest of terms what unconditional election means, okay? So basically what that means is God has elected before the foundation of the earth, mm-hmm. before creation ever happened. He elected those who he will save, and it was unconditional. Right. It was not due to any condition that was met by those people, okay? They didn't make a decision. They didn't have faith. They right. didn't do anything before God elected them. There was zero condition met by them. He just, right. did, it he just did it sovereignly out of his mercy and, and his grace. Yep. Okay? That, in the most simple. simplest of terms, and I, and I know if you just heard that, there's tons of questions running through your mind. Mm-hmm. But Probably. We, we hope to answer them as we dive into Romans chapter 9. But... In the simplest term, that's what it is. And, and the most common, we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about this, the most common, um, I think, misunderstanding mm-hmm. of the doctrine of, of unconditional election is that God, in his foreknowledge, mm-hmm. looked down through time mm-hmm. and saw all those who would choose him in their lifetime yep. and profess faith in their lifetime, and those are his elect. Mm-hmm. At one time, I even held to that. Mm-hmm understanding of unconditional election right. i said when whenever i was kind of opposing calvinism i i held to the understanding to say well i don't really believe there is an elect but unless you want to call the elect all who would come to christ and he right. just saw it in in the feet in right. in his foreknowledge but which wouldn't that make it conditional exactly. election because the condition would be that they came that they came to, to faith. faith it's not right. unconditional right that's which conditional is, election right which is not what is described in Romans chapter 9. So let's get into that, Hunter. If you want to dive into the first section of Romans chapter 9, okay. and let's talk about that. And uh, you So know, we said it, 9 through 13. Correct? Yeah, so okay. this is concerning many of the characters in the Old Testament. He kind of lays out some of the Old Testament um, passages, people, and, and, and narratives, and ties that into how God works for salvation. So... Um, we'll kind of explain the stories, but Hunter, if you want to go ahead and read that first passage. So Romans chapter 9, verse, what is it? Verse 9. Through 9 through 13. 13. Yes. So if you want to read along, that's where we're going to be. So it says, For this is what the promise said, About this time next year I will return, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather Isaac, though they were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls, she was told, the older the older will serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Whoa. Okay, so let's get into that. So if well, you're not familiar, if okay, Hunter, if somebody is not familiar... With these Old Testament characters, give them a basic rundown of the main characters right here. So we got, we got um, Sarah, we got Isaac, we got Rebecca, and we got Jacob and Esau. So, so tell us just a real quick rundown of those characters. Um, 
So I'm drawing a blank, bro. So you so you got Sarah. I know how to. Ar- I know what I'm trying to say. I know but I don't you know do. how to articulate. I know you <laughs> I don't do. know how to articulate it. Okay, so you got Sarah. Right. Was Abraham's Abraham's wife. Abraham's wife. Yeah. So remember that if you if you're not familiar with the Old Testament sto- narratives here, right? Abraham was like the father, right? Father Abraham had many right. sons. Many <laughs> sons had father Abraham. Okay. So never heard that song before. Yeah. You really haven't? <laughs> no. What? No. How have you gone this long of being a Christian and not heard Father Abraham? I have not heard that song. You need to go to more <laughs> Bible schools, bro. Yeah. Okay. So that would be why I so, didn't come to faith till I was nineteen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. So uh, you had Abraham, right? And Abraham and Sarah were like super old when they had their first super kid. Super old. Right. They, they they Sarah actually laughed when God told her that she was gonna <laughs> yeah. have a baby. She wasn't ready. She wasn't ready. Okay. So so they didn't believe it, but God said, You're gonna have a child. They right. were barren, but they wanted a son. Right. Um, because Abraham had no one to pass on his inheritance to. Right. So, you know, he went on this like little side voyage and had Ishmael. <laughs> and, you know, that was kind of a mess. So so then <laughs> God gives them a son named Isaac. Isaac. Isaac takes a wife named Rebecca. Mm-hmm. And Rebecca conceives children. Right. Two of them. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. You got Jacob and you got Esau. Jacob, I In loved, the same womb. But Esau, I hated. Okay. So Jacob, he loved. And Esau, he hated. Okay. Whoa. Before they were born. Whoa. Okay, so the here comes the first big objection. Okay? The first big concern, the first big question that pops into everyone's minds when we say that God chose here, obviously. Um, well, basically, when you would tell somebody that God chooses those who he saves and those who mm-hmm. he doesn't, they w- their first instinct is like there's injustice there. It's not fair. Right. This is not fair. Right. Right? So... Obviously, it's not fair here because mm-hmm. he chooses one and he doesn't choose the other. But more than that, the the common practice in Jewish society was that the oldest would take the inheritance and mm-hmm. the, the younger would, would serve him. But, right. but here it says that the older will serve the younger. Mm-hmm. So everybody's like, well, that's not fair. So Hunter, it's not fair. why is Wayne. it fair? Well, I well, think it's not fair. One thing I want to point out before I, I dive into that is I think it's interesting in, in verse 11 where it's where it says that though they were not yet born and had done nothing either good or bad. Exactly. They had done, done nothing. They've done nothing. There's no condition upon no God's condition. sovereign choice here, which they is had, the 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 title of Romans chapter 9 at least in at least, at least in the ESV because that's what we're both reading yeah. out of um, God's sovereign choice here. The the condition is that there is none. There is God none. simply that is the condition. There is none in His sovereign will. I mean, I mean here it even this says is what He chose in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works. Right. No condition. So so what does that mean? That also means that God didn't look out into Jacob and Esau's life and know right. know the works that they did. He just chose them, or know the good and the bad that they did before the foundation of the world. Before so they in this, did in this anything. it's talking about how it, it it points out before that they were they were not yet born. Okay, but we would we would go back even further than that and say before yeah. the the creation of the world, before anything existed. Yes, already already elect. Yes. Um. So we say some people, as you said, the common objection is well that sounds it's unfair. Not fair. Well, I would my my argument there would be. That first off, 
and Paul will get to this a little bit. He's answering a different question, but it's it's like, well, who are you to say what is and isn't fair? Right. You're, you're talking back to, to God, an well, almighty, omniscient, omnipotent God. Yeah. Like, who are you? Well, I mean, literally right here in the next three verses mm-hmm. or so, Paul asks the question and then answers it. He says, what shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have right. compassion. So then it depends not on human will right. or exertion, but on God. And as who we talked about mercy. Okay, as, I want to talk about that word too. As we talked about last week, thank God for that for this passage and the way that election works because we talked about total depravity last week. And we, we are we are we we're unable to to choose God without him acting first. We're dead to sin, we're slaves to sin, and therefore we're not we're not gonna choose God. So we're we're just essentially hopeless until yeah. he he acts and pours out his mercy and love and grace yeah. so, on our lives. So even still I think when somebody asks the question, well that's not fair that God that's not mm-hmm. that's not God. He's not right. being fair to say that he chooses some and doesn't choose the other. Even when all, even when you say, Well, who are we as mm-hmm. man, just a bunch of mm-hmm. worms on earth. Right. Who are we to talk back to God? Right. I don't for a lot of people I don't think that's a good response. No. I mean there's no that, they, they still definitely don't get need it. to right. Okay, but here but here in Paul's response, mm-hmm. I think is a key word that helps us understand it. So he says, What shall we say then? Is there injustice by God on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy mm-hmm. on whom I have mercy, and I'll have compassion on whom I have I have compassion. So mm-hmm. it depends not on human will, but on God who has mercy. Okay, so what's the definition of mercy? So the issue is that it's that it's not fair. Mm-hmm. That God chooses these people right. and doesn't choose these. Well, first of all, he doesn't choose them on their merit. He just chooses right. them because he wants to. It would be fair for him to condemn us all. Exactly. So here's the issue. We want to talk about fair. Here's the issue. God, people see that God is choosing some people, mm-hmm. Um, you know, that these people are good. They got chosen by God. But these mm-hmm. other people just are just left out. Right. They're just not chosen. Mm-hmm. That they that they by they're being punished for something that is not in their control. Mm. That they that God didn't choose them, so they're being punished for it. Well, right. no, actually, they're being punished because they justly deserve to be punished. Right. Okay, so the definition of mercy, the definition of it mm-hmm. on Google, just basic definition. Okay, <laughs> says compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish. So the reality is, it's not unfair to the people who don't get chosen. It's unfair to the people that get mm-hmm. mercy, right? If, if it's unfair, I mean, I, I think in general, God is just, right? Yes. So therefore, I, I mean, we've talked about this before. God is just. There has to be a sacrifice. There, mm-hmm. has, to be there has to be punishment. Justice. There has to be justice done, right? right? So. God, God, it's not unfair because everyone who who doesn't get chosen, mm-hmm. everyone who gets left in their sin, 
mm-hmm. has chosen a life of sin, has sinned against God, has loved sin, mm-hmm. hates God. Loves. It sin. is in. It is not in their ability mm-hmm. to to want the things of righteousness because right. they are fallen creatures. Right. And they just seekers. and God is just in punishing them. Yeah. God is completely just Absolutely. and fair in allowing those people to remain in their sin and be punished because they sinned and they yeah. they they deserve justice. Right. The reality is he's perfectly fair and perfectly just and perfectly righteous if he just left every single person in their sin and punished them. Right. The real question is why don't why why does God still send people to hell? That's not the real question. Mm-hmm. The real question is why does he let does anybody he... in heaven? <laughs> Amen to that. Why? Because he love, has mercy on whom he has mercy. Love and mercy. He has compassion on whom he has compassion. Right. It depends on God who has mercy, not on human will. Nope. Because we're unable to do so, right? right. In John chapter 6 it says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, right? Mm-hmm. And I will raise him up on the last day. No one can come to me. So right. I was listening to this thing about R.C. Sproul, and I thought this was this was just such a good um, thing he talked about like being in, in school mm-hmm. and he say, can I sharpen my pencil mm. and the teacher says well I'm sure you can right uh, can is a matter of ability do mm-hmm. you have the ability to do so but when you say may I sharpen my pencil you're asking do I have permission to do so right right we all have permission to come to God we all have permission to come to Christ for repent for, for forgiveness of our sins and eternal life mm-hmm. and and we are all commanded to turn from our sins and come to Christ for forgiveness. Right. But the reality is we can't do it. We are not able. We we are unable to to turn from our sin. Yeah. Because of total depravity, because right. of the fall. It is so pervasive. We are dead. Right? Dead people can't do anything for themselves. Nope. And we've talked about this in youth. I think I think the one of the best um depictions of this in scripture, well two of them is is Lazarus I mean, the mm-hmm. dude was dead. He could not right. do anything about For it. For four days? Until Christ came and spoke his word to Lazarus' heart and says, right. arise. And Lazarus got up. Right. He couldn't do anything about it. No. Right? It took Only God, God to could. act. Exactly. And 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 Paul. Mm-hmm. Paul was going around killing Christians. Right. And God just showed up and said, Paul. He had a lot of blood on his hands. Yeah. Yeah, and Paul was converted, right? right? It took God, not Paul. He couldn't do no. it. Paul was, Saul was going to keep yeah, doing Saul. What, he, what Saul was doing. Yeah. There wasn't going to be any change so of his read? own will. Uh, actually, we need to take a break really fast, um, and then we'll dive right into the next part of Romans chapter 9, continue talking oh about God. this, um, and dive into the next biggest objection or question that is prompted by um, unconditional election. So we'll see you back in just a few seconds. Okay, so we're back from our break. Um, hey, We thought somebody was breaking in on us on the church, but <laughs> really, we just heard. I think we just heard some random. We just noises. heard a noise, and we're just weird. Okay, so we're back at it, and <laughs> um, we're talking about Romans nine. So let's dive into that second part of the passage. Um, so the so the questions we have answered right now is: Is unconditional election 
just God looking into the future and seeing all mm. that would turn to him? No, no, because that would be conditional. That wouldn't be unconditional. Is God unfair by electing some and un- not electing others? No, because nope. if you look at the definition of mercy, mm-hmm. God can justly punish right. everyone. And he is a just God. And he is a just God. But he is also a gracious God. Right. And he has offered grace and mercy to those whom he has elected. Um, that, I think, is one of the largest mysteries in all of Scripture. I mean, obviously, we know why right. he did it to bring glory to himself because he is mm-hmm. gracious, he is merciful. Um, to bring glory to himself, and, and I mean, ultimately, that's why everything happens. We talked about that right. already, but soli deo gloria. But you know, it's just crazy. Why would you let is. anybody in? Right. We all deserve punishment, we, right? Okay, so let's continue. Why? So, so we answered that question. Um, so we're gonna start back at verse fourteen. And read down a little bit, mm-hmm. and then uh, we'll, we'll go from there. So, once again, back in verse fourteen, it says, "What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means, for He says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion.' So then, it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the Scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up." that I might show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills and he hardens whomever he wills. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use. What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory? Even us whom he has called, not from the Jews, but only but also from the Gentiles. Oh, I messed it up. Even even us whom he called, not from the Jews only, but also for the Gentiles. Okay, so then he, he starts quoting some of the Old Testament. And and like I say, if you're listening to this, I encourage you to go read all of Romans. Yeah. Read all of Romans chapter read the 9. Whole book. And, and specifically read, you know, 1 through 8 as it sets it up and 9 as it brings it all together. And really the whole book of Romans is a great book. Or mm-hmm. just read the whole Bible. But... um. Romans chapter 9, you know, we don't want you to feel like we're trying to make a case so we're leaving out a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is we, we don't want to take your whole day, so we're not going to run through all of Romans 9. But, right. but I think this is enough. I mean, he says here, he raises the next objective or, mm-hmm. uh, objection here, okay? The next thing that people find um, non-appealing or, or even repulsive about the yeah. idea of election is that um. Basically, I mean, and we've already kind of talked about this, but so, so the f- first question is that it's just unfair. That's the that's the mm-hmm. natural human reaction. Is it? It just seems unfair, right? right. But we've already um, basically described that it's, it's fair because God, in His justice, if He was really being fair, would punish everybody. Everybody mm-hmm. deserves absolutely the wrath of God and punishment yep. for our sin. Um, but he has mercy and grace on those whom he, he calls and those who he has elected. But the next 
biggest issue, I think, is right here. He says to Pharaoh that he has, or, or basically it says here, you know, he says to Pharaoh that he has raised up Pharaoh so that he mm. might show his power in him, that his main name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So if, you, if you're familiar with the story of Moses and, and Pharaoh, um, Moses continually came to Pharaoh asking that he would let the Israelites go. Mm-hmm. And and it says continually that God hardened Moses or hardened Pharaoh's heart so yeah. that he didn't do so. Right. Um but obviously Pharaoh's the bad guy in the story and he gets mm-hmm. punishment from God. Yeah. But the reality is people say, Well, well, that's not fair either. Okay. If God hardened their heart, then why can he punish them? Mm. Right? Right. That's what it says here. And Paul anticipated this question. And he said, why does he still find fault? He says, you will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For mm-hmm. who can resist his will? Okay. But who are you? But who are you, oh man, oh, to man. answer back to God? Will what it is molded say to its molder, why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? So God is glorified through his wrath mm-hmm. against those in their right. sin and in his mercy and grace mm-hmm. in those whom he has elected. Yeah. And God can do whatever he pleases with his creation. He's yes. the one that created it. Yeah. He has that that right. Well, wh- Why uh, has the potter no right over the clay? Yeah. God has... God the potter has and, and right over time, the clay. You know, like if you're if you're working clay, if mm-hmm. I, you know if have you ever went to like one of those like elementary school workshops where you mm-hmm. like get to put yeah. the clay on the little thing, you get to yeah. make a little pot, take them to your mom. Yeah, those things are cool. But the reality is, cool. okay, so you're you know, you're there, you know, you're messing with the clay with your hands, you got mm-hmm. it, you're molding it, you know what I mean. Right. If you just keep it in your hands and you just keep messing with it, keep putting water on keep it, putting, you keep it, you know, moist. you you're keep you keep working it. Yeah, then what happens? It stays, stays, stays. You know, uh, malleable. Malle, yeah, that's a good you can word. Moving around. Yep. Um, it stays <laughs> formable, right? Yeah. But if 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 I was to take that clay that I'm working and just take my hands off it, what happens? Just let it sit. It's gonna dry. It's gonna hard. It's gonna harden. And it's gonna be a, like a rock. So so you know we've talked mm-hmm. about we've talked before about common grace and how God works. All good things are from God. How God mm-hmm. works even in and through. Um, like an atheist or somebody mm-hmm. who would not, right, not recognize him for the God that he is, right. like Pharaoh, like Pharaoh, right? God Perfect works for, through Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Pharaoh. I'm sure Pharaoh had some good attributes. I'm sure he loved his son. Yeah, probably you did know? some good I mean, things here I mean, and there. He probably did some cool things. Yeah. yeah, that was all grace. Right, right. So God works in grace and when mm-hmm. he res- when he removes his hands when he removes his grace from the life of, of a sinful fallen creature mm-hmm. that creature is hardened yeah because ultimately we in our natural state are going to turn towards turn to sin mm-hmm. we're going to right. um almost harden ourselves totally I mean, through, depraved. To, to sin right because god right. is not working in that gracious way mm-hmm. and and that's because um that's who we are that's what we deserve it, it mm-hmm. is justly we deserve to be left in our sin but <laughs> but god is gracious god is is um merciful and right. he has chosen chosen those um that would come to him and he says here that he is he he is glorified 
it says, it says, what if God desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for mm-hmm. vessels of mercy? Okay, so he's glorified through his mercy and through his wrath, through his justice and through his grace. He is glorified. God is fair. God is just. But God is also merciful and gracious. But, you know, another question, and this is something else I wanted to, to bring in, because I think even if you get another common misconception I've ran into when mm-hmm. I'm trying to have a, a conversation like this with yeah. somebody is, um, and I think because a lot of people come with the pre-con- pre presupposition that Calvinism is just evil and that mm-hmm. election is just horrible. Right. Right. But once again, we've got to have healthy conversation about biblical doctrine mm-hmm. so that we can come to the, the, the most alignment that we can have with mm-hmm. God's objective reality and truth. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've had this, I've been having this conversation really in the past couple months and, and the quick objection to election is that God, this is God choosing who gets to go to heaven and who doesn't. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even matter if they come to faith or not. Mm. Like basically God says, Hunter, you're going to heaven before you're ever born, but it doesn't matter if you actually ever come to faith or not. Right. That's a complete misconception. Yeah. Because obviously you can't break one piece of scripture out from the rest of scripture in its context. Correct. You can't do that. No. Other parts of Scripture obviously lay out the condition that has to be met in your life to put faith mm-hmm. in Christ. In Christ, right? To repent of your sin, to mm-hmm. come to Christ for forgiveness of sins and eternal life, right? Okay. Now the That's reality is, God elected you before the foundation of the world, right? Due and if to no conditions elect, at all, at some point in your life, you will come to faith. You will come. To faith in Christ, exactly, and Absolutely. and that doesn't mean that God's going to send to hell people who came to Him in faith. If it right. was true, genuine repentance, if it was true, right. genuine faith, He's not going to send you to hell. You, you because it's not how it works. Right. You are unable to do so. You're unable to come to Christ in mm-hmm. faith unless He God regenerates you. your heart. Unless He quickens your heart. Right. Regeneration precedes a heart of faith. flesh. Regeneration precedes faith. Okay, so, but but I want to talk about that in yeah. Romans 8, okay? Ooh, Romans, Romans 8, 30. Mm. And, and this is just kind of to back up what we just talked about, right? There's a, mm-hmm. there is a pathway. If you, if God, God's elect before the foundation of the world, um, they're unable to come to him mm-hmm. when they're born into sin as natural people, right? Right. But God works in them, gives them, removes their heart of stone, gives them a heart of flesh, gives them a love for the truth, gives them a desire for himself, mm-hmm. and then they come. It will work, right? It, it's not that they're he's going to elect them and then you know they don't really have to come or not. Mm-hmm. They will come. It's an effectual calling. Right. Um, and, and, and we'll talk about that later when it comes to um, irresistible grace. But mm-hmm. but here in, in Romans chapter 8.30, it says, And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Okay, so go 
going back to the verse before that, actually, it says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. It, there's a Shaolin song that says that, and, and whenever I read that verse, I can't help but like read it in my head in the, the way cadence. that he rhymes it in yeah. the song. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, for those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, mm-hmm. he called. Okay, it didn't say those whom he predestined, he may have called. No, those whom he predestined, he called. Right. And those who he called, he justified. Okay? Through faith. You know, we've we've already talked about justification mm-hmm. comes. Faith alone. Through faith alone. Right? In Christ alone. Saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. Exactly. So. Spent about five those, weeks on that. Those who he predestined, he called 100% of the time. Okay? Right. It's not just a he may have. Those right. whom he called. It doesn't say when he called them, then then he waited for them to say yes or no, or or he waited for them to decide, and then he may have justified them. No, it says those they who he called, he also justified. And then, Period. And then he didn't say, and then those who he justified had to live this once one certain way and never fail ever again, or else they would leave his gracious right. Salvation. No, it says, and those who he justified, he also glorified. It happened 100%. It's effectual. Okay? Those who he predestined, he called. Those who he called, he justified. And those who he justified, he glorified. It happens, and he chose them out of his mercy and out of his grace before the foundation of the world due to no condition that they ever met in their life. Okay? But the reality is, in their life, they came to faith. Mm Mm-hmm. They can't just not do that because that's right. a requirement. That's part of the whole justification. But that was not a requirement for God to choose them. Right. But God's choosing them is a requirement for them to be able to come. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty complex. but It can be. Um, so that's pretty much it. You got anything else to add? You got any other scriptures that you wanted to, to go to? I know we've been kind of saturated I with... I feel like... Um, I don't know. I feel like that got it. I mean, there's there's some passages in John... Uh, John six thirty seven, John six sixty five, John fifteen sixteen, Ephesians one, Ephesians chapter one, um, and these are just a few of the examples that that I pulled out when I was doing my research as far as, um, I guess proof texts as yeah. far as the doctrine of unconditional election is concerned, um, and those are great places to to go and to, kind of, to read and to study and to firm up. Uh, the the doctrine uh, of unconditional election. Do you have okay. any others, or is that? Um, no, I had one. Second Timothy. Um, I can't remember. I didn't have any from Timothy. I mean, basically, Timothy. it's just something small here. Like Second Timothy two, um, ten says, "Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect." That they also may obtain the salvation that is in Jesus in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Mm. The saying is trustworthy and true. For if we have died with Him, we will also live with Him. If we endure, we will also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He also will deny us. And if we are faithless, Woo. He remains faithful. Mm. For He cannot deny Himself. Truth bomb. Okay, so um, <laughs> we hope this has been beneficial to you. You've gained something from this. Maybe your understanding of election or the hostility mm. that, that just spawns inside of you when you hear yeah. the word. 
may have been um, quenched or or mm-hmm. at least expanded. Maybe you have some questions. Um, if you got if you've got questions or you've got concerns or you mm-hmm. got a conversation you want to holler have, at us. holler at us. You know, follow. Uh, y- you got me on Twitter and Instagram at, at the Levi Sanders. You got Hunter. I'm pretty sure it's like Hunter at D Harrison on Instagram. Hunter, he, I can't remember yeah. what Twitter is honestly. I don't, sure it's like, I don't really ever tweet. Just look really. up Hunter Harrison. I retweet stuff and then I or just, look up at Average Joe Theo or I'm hit on us there. on the contact page at AverageJoeTheology.com. dot right. com. So uh, we hope this has been good. We'll be back with you next week with limited atonement. I know that's the that's the next spicy one. And hopefully, you know, hopefully as we go through this, as we talk about these these doctrines, that perhaps this episode either you know persuades you into to you know, searching the scripture for yourself, uh, hopefully it whets your appetite because I know when I was presented with, with this stuff, I didn't immediately just go, well, yeah, duh. Not immediately. Oh, no, I had I to, fought it I had for to, years. I had to study. I don't. I didn't fight it as long as you did. I, I fought don't it think. for years. But you know, I I definitely had to study. I wasn't just going to be like, oh yeah, that's yeah, sure, whatever. Well, we shouldn't. I, I mean, had, we should check everything per right, this book. You've got to look and see what the scripture is saying. But the reality yeah. is, I, I heard a testimony of somebody this week that fought the doctrine of election for years, read the book Chosen by God by R.C. Sproul, mm-hmm. specifically so that he could that. tear I it apart. I have it, but I haven't read it yet. Specifically so that he could find an issue with it and tear it apart. Mm. That's why this guy read it, okay? He was mm-hmm. fighting the doctrine of election. And I think many of us have been there. I know I have. Mm-hmm. And he said he sat down and decided he was going to, he, he didn't find the fault. And chosen by God, mm. which I'm not definitely not saying that R.C. Sproul is infallible and inerrant. Right. He he's a, a fallible, absolutely human. But his book w- made a very good argument, mm-hmm. scriptural argument. And so the guy said, "You know what? I'm going to read my whole Bible, front to back, three times." And he said, after he understood the doctrine of election, he saw it on every page. It's front to back. Wow. It's all the way through it. That's why in God's choosing of Israel, in God's mm-hmm. choosing of the younger over the right. the older, Jacob and Esau, mm-hmm. all the way through. through the whole book, it's all the way through the whole book. That's wild. God has I mercy on whom He has God. mercy, and has compassion on whom He has compassion. That way, True. it has nothing to do with human will, but it's on God who has mercy. So, Thank once God. again, we. Praise be to God. Praise be to so God. So once again, we th- we hope this is beneficial to you. These are doctrines that, that we love and we cherish because we believe they're scriptural, and that's what God has said. That's what God has spoken. Um, so, you know, once again, if you have any way we can pray for you, any, any topics you want us to talk about, or any questions when it comes to the doctrines of grace, com. Contact us. Send us an email. Um, or follow us on Twitter. So... Love you guys. We'll be back next week.